Okay, I know we're about to start recording the podcast, but Eleanor, before we start today, I actually wanted to give you a really, 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 really late birthday gift. Chloe, you angel, you literal doll. Actually, people at home probably don't know this, but this is not out of character for you. I think every time I come to visit you, you have a new gift for me, regardless of the time of year. That is true, but today's is really special because I drew you something. Here it is. Thank you. I love it. It's so good. First of all, Eleanor, I love you so much. The kindest, bestest friend in the entire world. But I know it's really not. Listen, I closed my eyes and scribbled a bunch of lines with pink crayon, but I was thinking about you as I did it. Thank God. I thought you were like getting into drawing NFTs. It was literally that bad. (laughs) It's interesting you say that because all of this was simply a ploy to open up a discussion today about the completely ridiculous art world rabbit hole that I fell down recently. Have you ever heard of the internet conspiracy theory around how modern art auctions are all like a money laundering scheme for international criminals? Have I heard about it, Loie? <laughs> I literally, I, I'm wearing a shirt right now that says Museum of Modern Fart on it. <laughs> I actually just bought it and it just came in the mail and it's like literally my newest favorite thing ever. All to say <laughs> that as a former media studies art history major, I have heard a lot about this one. Okay, normally I come into these episodes as the resident skeptic. But there are so many overwhelming pieces of evidence to support this theory that I might go as far as to say it's actually a little bit crazier that we aren't talking about it more. This is why I had to talk about this with you, my favorite art history major, as well as a classical art cosplayist yourself. This is a crazy story. And basically, the Treasury Department has like low-key confirmed this is a real thing. We, like, don't even need tinfoil hats for this one. I'm so excited to get into it. Welcome to Internet Urban Legends, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Loey, your friendly neighborhood true believer. I don't know much about art, except that I really, really, really like watercolor painting. Mm-hmm. And you've thought about watercolor tattoos before, too, right? <gasps> I have, I have, I have. You have, you have. I am Eleanor, modern farter, big fan of art. <laughs> I do love art. And if there's one thing I love more than art, it's an art conspiracy. Because as a non-artist, I'm more of an art historian, right? I'm really interested in, like, the people behind the art. And that is the entire story of today's podcast. Together, we are the Gruesome Twosome, and this is Internet Urban Legends, where we dive deep into the darkest corners of the internet, and today, the art world. We might find the answers we're looking for. We might stare at blank canvases all day. (laughs) But one thing is for sure, we are glad to have you guys, our fellow art critics, along for the ride. This is such a crazy story. It really can't be overstated. I feel like this topic came up, like, just because sometimes I see the amount of money that's attached to like a blank red canvas with like the word modern farter or something like that on it. And it really just like astounds me. It's unfathomable amounts of money that modern art, which I guess like I personally look at and I'm like, I wouldn't hang that up in my house. That's not art. And obviously art is subjective, yada, yada, yada. But I see these pieces that seem so, like, weird. And then people are paying $40 million for them. 
So obviously, we had to look a little bit deeper. And that's when I realized that there's actually a huge conspiracy theory around these modern pieces of art and how they could be a gigantic money laundering scheme. Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Welcome back to Collector's Closet, presented by the Ohio Lottery. Let's discuss my newest prize possession, this new $10 scratch-off, the $500,000 Platinum Jackpot. The best method I've found so far to help it hold its value is to vacuum seal it. This thing cannot get scratched. What's that? Sorry, my producer's telling me the only way it could be worth up to 500 grand is if I do scratch it? Okay, well, in that case, definitely don't overprotect your $500,000 Platinum Jackpot scratch-offs. Play them. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. One quick note before we start, and I do pray that my my beloved art history major will correct me if I get anything wrong. But to the best of my knowledge, the term modern art is generally used in the art world to describe artists from the 19th or 20th century who painted in a certain style. There's a good chance, based on the posts that we're about to talk about, that the authors that like made these posts really mean contemporary art, which so often is like categorized by just paintings we see of a few squiggly lines or abstract blocks or those weird pieces where like a piece of paper is just, I don't know, it's just like one single word in the middle of it. Anyway, I know this probably seems hair splitting and maybe a little bit confusing, but it's worth mentioning so we don't confuse art enthusiasts out there. That's appropriate. It's like technically contemporary art, I guess, but it's also like the word modern is used to describe like modern times, you know? I feel like that's still an accurate description. Well, I went to a museum for the first time in a pretty long time, and I was specifically looking because the museum I went to had a pretty hefty collection of Monet paintings. And like those all were coming out, I want to say like mid-1800s-ish. And it was in the modern, quote-unquote modern, like art section. I was so confused. I mean, you have to think humans have been around for a while, right? Mm. (laughs) So like some art is super old. So comparatively, it's still pretty modern. That actually makes a lot of sense. And it it makes sense why like now we have to use, I guess, a term like contemporary to describe what we're talking about today. Anyway, anyway, I found this really interesting Reddit post on the conspiracy subreddit from back in 2018. The original poster asks a very simple question. Is modern art just money laundering? He follows this up with a hypothetical by asking, and I quote, how did I just make a million dollars, you ask? Oh, Some anonymous buyer just bought my solid red canvas. It's all a really interesting premise and one that I'd never truly thought about and like never really immersed myself in. But I think that the reason that it kind of like shocked me is because now we live in a world with like NFTs and stuff like that. And so often I look at NFTs and I'm like, this is a scam. This is a scam. Very obviously this is a scam. Whatever. Like money laundering galore. But It sort of like brought me back to this post in 2018 and I got really, really wrapped up in this conversation. 
It lit up the conspiracy subreddit for a bit, getting a few thousand comments, most of which were simply theorizing on how exactly this could happen. Many of the comments said quite similar things, even linking to an older discussion on Quora from 2016. After a little digging, though, we found out that this is actually a pretty huge ongoing discussion online, popping up and going viral every few years before fading away again. So it got me thinking, how would this even work? What is this based on to be going so viral again and again? The most detailed description that actually makes a weird amount of sense to me can be found in a post made to Reddit on the Change My View subreddit. It begins with the premise in its title, Change My View. Modern art is nothing but a massive money laundering scheme. I wanted to use this post in particular for two reasons. One, it's super detailed and like I said, kind of makes a weird amount of sense in theory, right? But it also defines money laundering so that we don't have to and so that you guys at home can understand because I'll be completely transparent with you. I did not. Okay? Uh, same. Big, big same. I did not know what money laundering actually meant. We are not finance bros. I literally can't even (laughs) drive. So... (laughs) The post is kind of long, and it is worth reading in full. This is what it says. Quote, I am convinced that modern art is an industry that is heavily involved in, if not completely dominated by, money laundering. This is how I believe it works. The major players are the art dealer, the corporate art collectors, the appraiser, and the artists. Let's say I'm the art dealer. I have $1 million of dirty money that I need to clean. Now, quick side note before I continue reading this. Hello, this is me, Eleanor, again. What (laughs) we mean by clean money is that money that you can't trace the origin of. So dirty money is money that came from something like illegal, like drug trafficking or embezzlement or something like that. Whereas clean money is exactly what it sounds like. It's clean money. It can't be traced back to anything nefarious. Okay, back to the quote. First, I find artists that are desperate to make a name for themselves. And we make a deal in which I buy their paintings at a low price and sell them to one of my own shell companies or a separate entity that needs to account for a large under-the-table payment. I sell 10 paintings for around $100,000 a piece. I can sell these to multiple shells so as not to raise suspicion. With the right connections, I can publicize these transactions so they make a lot of noise in the art industry. This allows the artists to receive notoriety and they will begin to sell their paintings to pretentious private collectors at high margins. At this point, the initial transaction has already been cleaned. Pretentious private collectors literally just sounds like a fun little, like... (laughs) Peter Piper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) It sounds like a tongue twister. It does not sound like a real thing, but, like, this is. And the poster even goes on to say that this is where the real fun begins. The post continues, quote, After sitting on the art for a few years, the artist's growing notoriety will inflate the initial value of the pieces. An appraiser that works for the art dealer will add 100% to the value. The art is now worth $2 million total. The companies will put these paintings up for sale at auctions. Let's say that they all sell at appraisal value to unwitting private citizens. $2 million now goes back to the art collector. With this process, not only is the money clean, but every party in the transaction profits from the art. The artist is now a well-known and respected name, likely to find his pieces hanging in mansions and museums, regardless of their actual quality. This is why a blank white canvas with the word fool can sell at Christie's for $14,650,000." This is an interesting theory. 
But the original poster doesn't provide any evidence. And if you're like me, you're thinking, that's wild. Maybe it makes sense. I've never really thought about it. But is there any proof? So I checked the comments on this post and someone even asked, do you have any actual evidence of this happening? Or can you just not understand why people would pay so much for modern art? And I feel like this is something I want to weigh in on, right? Okay, Mm -hmm. so I do understand the idea that contemporary art, it's often like pretty simplistic. And I think therefore it's more concept based than maybe like Mm -hmm. execution based sometimes. So people think it's less talent based. And the idea that these wealthy people would pay $14 million for something that is only rich in concept and maybe not in content would be really confusing. But I feel like art is like, it's so foundational to humanity and so foundational to who we are. Like, it makes Mm -hmm. sense to me that art would be the most expensive thing and Mm -hmm. like the most expensive form of expression. I don't know. The fact that something like Avengers can make billions of dollars at the box office, but people Mm -hmm. can't conceive of the fact that a painting would make millions of dollars. I think people are weird across the board and some people are weird and rich and some rich humans really enjoy art. So I don't think it's completely out of the realm of possibility that there are just artists who strike a chord with the buying market and happen to like come up on their own right? And that's what a lot of the comments on this post seem to think. Like, there's no evidence of this. Maybe the art world is purer than you believe. However, (laughs) buckle in because there is something to this whole idea. The idea that maybe the art world, the high art world is a little bit more farcical than we are led to believe. Because even though the original poster didn't provide any evidence, that doesn't mean that we over here at Internet Urban Legends didn't find any. And trust me when I say that we did. And obviously we found our evidence because we crack every single case. This does feel a bit like a Scooby-Doo app. You know what I mean? Like we're like, (laughs) who is stealing in the high art world? Up next, we'll be talking all about the true story of money laundering's place in the art world. In a world of deep fake technology, fake news, and revisionist history, how do we know the difference between what's official and what's just fishy? That's where we come in. Hi, it's Molly and Carter from the Spotify original from ParCast, Conspiracy Theories. Every Monday and Wednesday, we examine the most controversial events in history, because maybe there's so much more to the truth than we've been led to believe. From the mysteries of outer space to the secrets, lies, and possible cover-ups occurring right under our noses, we explore every angle in search of the actual truth. We're not skeptics or theorists. We're curious, rigorous, and in the end, we let you decide. Catch new episodes of Conspiracy Theories each week. Follow and listen for free only on Spotify. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. 
eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. First, let me, in my very limited knowledge, provide some context on the art industry. The global art trade is a multi-billion dollar industry. According to one leading industry report, 2020 saw global sales of art valued at a whopping $50 billion. And if you check the news, paintings are sold by galleries or at auctions all the time for hundreds of millions of dollars. For instance, back in 2017, the auction house Christie's sold a painting for nearly half a billion dollars, which I believe is the most expensive sale on record. And on top of all of that money, the art market has a lot of interesting qualities built into it that would make it a promising space for criminal activity. Other than the huge amount of money being thrown into one transaction, there's also how easy it is to transport works of art overseas, as well as the long-standing culture of privacy in the art market. What I mean by that is that there are no comprehensive requirements for most art buyers based in the U.S. to actually disclose their identities, and there is no legal obligation for art dealers to require any identifying information. In sales set up by auction houses or galleries, it's not unusual for the seller, buyer, or both to be listed as a private collection and not disclosed to the other party. That situation doesn't even take into account the more complex ownership structures, like shell companies or third-party art dealers, all of whom can provide additional layers of anonymity. So, yeah, the art world would be super attractive for people looking to do illegal stuff with money. Which leads us to July 29th of 2020. Journalist Matt Egan for CNN publishes a bombshell article titled The Art World Has a Money Laundering Problem. The article begins with the hook, shell companies with hidden owners, middlemen who shield the identities of buyers and sellers, inadequate safeguards to keep out shady money. It's all part of the ultra-secretive art world, according to a bipartisan Senate investigation, and that's why it's susceptible to money laundering. The Senate report specifically focuses on a pair of Russian oligarchs with ties to Vladimir Putin who exploited the secrecy of the art industry to evade sanctions by making more than $18 million in art purchases. And then it was discovered that most of the art purchases were facilitated by a man named Gregory Baltzer, a U.S. citizen with an art business in Moscow named Baltzer. This guy personally took the title to the art, ensuring that any repercussions would only fall on him, not on the buyers. So like a stereotypical fall guy. But after that investigation, the U.S. Treasury published another study in February of 2022 that stated, without a doubt, there is evidence of something much, much bigger going on in the art world in regards to money laundering. And it's about to get a lot worse. According to the study, the emerging digital art market, such as the use of NFTs or non-fungible tokens, presents a whole series of new risks. But even beyond the study, this goes deeper. So, so much deeper. In 2021, Amy Mustrini wrote The Nefarious Connection Between Ugly Modern Art and Money Laundering for Evie Magazine. In this article, she points out how contemporary art has gone beyond owning a pretty painting to now being viewed as a financial asset, in the same vein as equities, bonds, and real estate. 
artwork becomes a way for the wealthy to evade taxes and launder money, with many artists focused more on creating what will sell easily than what is objectively high quality or beautiful. Before 2020, this got some press in the US, but not much. For instance, in 2007, the Department of Justice seized a painting from a man who smuggled it into the U.S. after turning his dirty money into an art collection. And back in 2015, the publication The Globe and Mail published an article titled The Link Between Art and Money Laundering. It details how ISIS controlled hundreds of millions of dollars because of their art acquisitions and often laundered the money through shell companies. Thousands of these pieces have even made it into the United States. Many of them ended up in the hands of none other than Hobby Lobby, which was caught up in a massive controversy when it was discovered they had purchased these incredibly illegal items. Crazy how art can be like as illegal as drugs, dude. Crazy. Is Hobby Lobby ever not caught up in a controversy for literally any reason ever? No, they're nuts. So yeah, there's a whole lot more to this rabbit hole, right? There are dozens and dozens of specific examples of money laundering schemes in the art world, but I think you guys get it. Money laundering is a massive problem in the industry. I think it's really boiling everything down and simplifying it to an unnecessary point to say that money laundering has entirely determined like the tastes of contemporary art. But I also think it would be super naive to say that it's had absolutely no hand in it. This is something that I've known as like a factor in the art industry for a long time. How old am I? I'm geriatric. When did I go to college? But like <laughs> certainly not something I realized was such a massive factor. Potentially. We do still need a tiny tinfoil hat if you really believe that it's as widespread as mm. some Reddit posters do. But again, I think it would be I shut hand over face to believe that everything in the art world is as pure as you might believe, not when there are mm -hmm. millions and millions and billions of dollars floating around. So that Senate investigation that we talked about, mm -hmm. it was only the first of many hearings. It's an active investigation. We are sure to see this pop up again and again throughout the years. I think it's safe to say that as time goes on, the story is going to become increasingly interesting as we start to peel back the layers of this stinky, stinky art onion. <laughs> It's also fascinating. We've established that money laundering is, in fact, a problem in the art world. I mean, that's really not like a negotiable fact. But how big of a problem is it? I mean, certainly not a problem the size of which my tiny little peanut brain can quantify. It is so interesting to get into this episode because as we were talking about it, a lot of the times when we were like reading Reddit articles verbatim, it almost leads you to believe that every single piece of modern art is like a front for money laundering. Maybe not like every single piece, but it does make it seem like this like absolutely catastrophically sized thing. And I think a lot of that relies on the fact that some people just don't understand why someone else would pay $40 million for a red piece of canvas. And I think it goes back to something you said earlier, Elle, about like, I don't think that you said this exactly, but this is what I took away from it, that art really can't have like a price on it. It's like the oldest form of entertainment and expression it really can sell or be bought for any price because everything else is in the entertainment world. We make stuff up. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And like stylistically, we're in such an era of hype. It makes sense. There would be these artists that are super, super, super hyped, even if the masses don't necessarily understand their art style. You look at NFTs, right? And people aren't even buying 
the exclusive right to display something in their Mm -hmm. home. It's not even a decoration at that point. It's literally just a little sticker that you made up in your brain that you get to put on your own chest that nobody else ever sees that says you own this picture that everybody else has access to. And those cost millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that some super rich people are just willing to pay a lot of money for art that speaks to them. In terms of exactly how big of a problem this is, I think that the Treasury report that we talked about in today's episode is really illuminating. Other than ISIS, it kind of downplays the use of money laundering for terrorist groups, instead bringing up the interesting premise that money laundering is more of a problem in what I like to call boring but illegal money, especially in tax evasion cases where I'm left at here is this is either just like the most monumental problem that we are scratching the surface of, or there are a few people, a smaller group of people, immensely, immensely exploiting the loopholes, which is what I guess I'm more drawn to as a conclusion. There are quite a few bad actors, I would imagine, in the art industry who maybe have set the standards for keeping everything so secretive. I don't necessarily think that everybody is being secretive and anonymous because they have something to hide. But now it is the standard in the high art world that you don't air out your business. You don't air out your dirty or your clean laundry. Everyone's a private Mm -hmm. collector. So it's hard to quantify how many of those private collectors might be doing something nefarious. But I don't think it's still like the massive scale where 100% of people in the art world are just swapping around money and like laughing at the rest of us, right? I completely agree with that, yeah. I think that most people in the art world sure, there are bad actors. There are like bad eggs in every single group. But I have to imagine a lot of the people in the art world are genuinely like passionate about art and the artists who are selling it are not doing so as a front for a shell company. No matter how much we may not understand the art, it doesn't make it any less art that is worthy of financial compensation, even if sometimes it seems like a lot. I do think they are laughing at us. I should clarify. I do think all these rich people and artists are definitely 100% laughing at us. But I do also think they're like bought into it in a weird way. Mm, I don't think everybody who is laughing at us is standing outside the art world being like, this is a farce. I think it's Mm. like, wow, it's freaking hilarious that I can drop $15 million on a canvas that says fool. Like, that's very funny to me. (laughs) I think they find it very funny. (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. When we started talking about like NFTs and stuff in this episode, I really... Like, my little noggin started whirling. Do you remember the interactive Van Gogh exhibit that was super viral just, like, everywhere, maybe, like, within the last year or so? Yes, yes, yes. I think that that's so interesting because we view that as, like, this really high art thing. And listen, I went to it, like, twice in different cities. I really enjoyed it. You and I are going to go to the Monet one whenever it comes back to one of our (laughs) cities. But I think that that's so interesting. We view that as a really high art concept, as this really cool, interactive, immersive thing. And it is really interesting. And I'm not taking away from that. But as I'm sitting there talking about that and how that was one of the coolest artistic experiences of my life, like who the hell am I or anyone else to say that contemporary art doesn't do the exact same thing? I guess the thing that I was really hung up on going into this that I think that my point of view is sort of changed on actually listening to you talk about art, L, was like how contemporary art is just so freaking weird to me. It makes no sense. I just get really confused. I'm like, why is it a squiggle on a piece of paper? I don't, I don't get it. But all art is subjective and everyone makes art in a different way and no one can potentially say what is or is not valuable, I guess, of a certain degree. 
that's like a sort of lighthearted way to look at it. The more intensive part is that these are pieces of equity. Like mm-hmm. earlier, I think we read from, maybe it was the Reddit post or something, but we read like how now art is treated as this piece of equity. It's always been like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, 100%. There would be palaces lined with artwork uh-huh. for as far back as we can remember. I think art is just a deliberate expression. And I also mm-hmm. very much have the opinion that there is objectively bad art and objectively yeah. good art. And I think almost all art falls somewhere in the middle and is a matter of opinion. Mm-hmm. But I also think I'd be remiss to say that I think some contemporary art is like bad art. Mm. It's tough. We're in a society. We live in a society. (laughs) We're in a society where now all artists are seeing like all other artists work. You know, we're in an age of globalization where beforehand for the vast majority of human history, you would have to travel around to see what other artists were doing. You would all congregate for like fairs or shows or exhibitions or displays. And now Every single person is an artist. Everybody's putting it online and you're seeing all of it. So we're in a really interesting place for art currently. I think that's why a lot of contemporary art, again, is really conceptual rather than being as content-based necessarily. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's a question that humans have asked forever and are going to continue to ask forever. Like, is a Marvel movie art? Mm. The people that work on it are all passionate. They're all passionately creative. Everybody there is doing something creative. And for the most part, you imagine, you hope that they're passionate about what they're doing. So who's to say that's not art? Yeah. Is that some of the most like expensive art? And does it mean it's some of the best because it's touched the most people in a positive way? Like who knows? Literally who knows? And how could you ever put it into words? I do have to ask before we end today's episode because I have an answer. Do you have a favorite piece of weird art or maybe art that just like, I don't know, art that like maybe I guess you could objectively call bad maybe or just like, is there a piece of art that's weird? I guess is my question that you're really fond of. And if you need a moment, I can start. Uh, A piece of art that's weird. You can go ahead and start. I'll, I'll be thinking. So I recently went to a museum, which is part of the reason why today's episode was so fun because I haven't been around, like, I haven't gone to a museum in a hot minute and remembered why I love being surrounded by art because it makes me feel inspired and happy and yada, yada, yada. So I'm going through this art museum. I'm looking at all my little Monets. I'm crying at every photo. I saw my first Picasso. I saw my first Picasso ever. I love this. It was a woman with bread on head. Oh, she had love. Loaves of bread on her head. It's transformative. I was like, wow, she's just like me. She just, she's <laughs> so quirky, so weird. But my favorite piece of, I guess, just like weird art that I've seen that didn't like touch me in any emotional way. I was just like, this is so weird. It was at the same museum. And I don't remember who the artist was. And there was a whole emotional purpose behind this piece. It was just rotten fruit. It was rotten fruit all over the floor, strategically placed in different ways in this room. It was an entire separate room from the rest of the museum, and it was just rotted fruit from like the 1960s. So you had no emotional, emotional reaction to it? I was just so confused. (laughs) So do you feel like that's successful art? I don't know. I don't even know how, like, I guess it has to be because it stuck with me. I've thought about it, but I haven't had any kind of like, wow, that really touched me. I've just been like, why is rotten fruit art? But like when I have it, it's in the trash. It makes you like think about what art 
is, I guess. Mm -hmm. Because, again, there was a whole story behind this piece. And if I remember correctly, it was a really touching story about, like, famine and stuff like that. And it was interesting. But to me, I just looked at it and I was like, this is rotten fruit. (laughs) That's it. It's really old, mummified rotten fruit. Yeah. It's concept. There are a couple, like, weird art Mm -hmm. things, I guess. In the Prada Foundation in Milan, there's, like, Mm -hmm. or was a 3D printed grotto in 2019 that you would, like, step down into that was really weird. And, like, a lot of art now would be considered not that weird because the artists are prestigious and we're also, like, super desensitized to things Mm -hmm. like sex. But, like, Mm. a bunch of Maplethorpe's photographs have been considered, like, really weird and potentially even, like, illegal and indecent. And I love him. So, I don't know. Again, I think we're in kind of, like, an interesting spot where... To be weird, you almost have to be like super shocking because we've all seen so much. Like you have to put rotten fruit on the ground to make people stop in a gallery. I don't know if that's for better or for worse. Yeah. What an interesting episode today. I love picking your noggin, my little art buff. It's so fun. (laughs) More art episodes. I agree. Honestly, this was one of my favorites. And I love talking to you about art. I can't believe the closest we've come. And this is like the highest art of all high art is the Ghibli (laughs) exhibit. Oh, my God. So good, though. Oh, my God. That was such a good exhibit. It was at the Recording Academy Museum. And oh, my God. We had so much fun at that exhibit. It was beautiful. So wholesome. So good. We want to know what you guys think about today's episode. Do you believe that the money laundering issue in the art world is darker than we all may think? Do you think that it's just a few bad apples ruining it for everyone else? Let us know all of your social media, your conspiracy theories on the matter with hashtag gruesome twosome. We would love to hear from you. Thank you all so much for listening. We are once again your hosts, Loie and Eleanor, also known as the Gruesome Twosome, and we have loved this deep dive into the world of internet urban legends with all of you. You can find all episodes of the podcast, Internet Urban Legends, for free exclusively on Spotify. Don't forget to follow the podcast so we can continue bringing you a new disturbing mystery each and every week. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Loeybug and at Snitchery and support our show by following at Parcast on Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. Stay gruesome, friends. Internet Urban Legends is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler from Parcast, Slash Management, and Ed Simpson, Fanny Baudry, and Leah Sutherland from Wheelhouse DNA. Sound design by Ron Shapiro with associate sound design by Jamie Ryan. It is produced by Jonathan Ratliff, Gemma Waters, John Cohen, Kristen Acevedo, and Chelsea Parker, and is associate produced by Gitu Mehra and Tracy Levy. Research and script writing provided by Judd Bookout. And we're your hosts, Loie Lane and Eleanor Barnes, a.k.a. The Gruesome Twosome. Hi, it's Carter and Molly from Conspiracy Theories. This February, join us for two standout specials. First, celebrate Super Bowl Sunday with a two-parter on one of the most dominant and dubious teams in history, the New England Patriots. Then, a two-part Valentine's special on the mysterious murder of Charles Walton. Journey back with us nearly 80 years as we comb through the details and rumors surrounding his death pitchfork, witchcraft, and all. 
Catch new episodes of Conspiracy Theories every Monday and Wednesday. Follow and listen for free only on Spotify.